0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. There are two brand new YouTube videos up right now on the Redacted History YouTube channel. We're talking about Martin Luther King's relationship with the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover, and also diving deeper into the dark history of the Second Amendment. So go check that out as soon as you finish listening to this podcast episode. Everything's in the description below. Now let's get to the episode. Dorothy Counts affectionately known as Dot, was preparing to head off for her first day at a new school. The average 15 year old would be concerned with who they were going to sit with at lunch. Will they like their teacher? Will they make new friends? Would people like my outfit? But for this young lady, racism and bigotry would add an extra layer of concern to these anxious thoughts. I'm Andre and this is the Redacted History Podcast, the story of Dorothy Counts. On that morning, September 4th, 1957, Dorothy would become the first black student to attend Harry Harding High School in Charlotte, North Carolina, a school that was never designed with her in mind in the first place. In fact, Harry Harding, the man in which the school was named after, was actually the son of a Confederate Army major and was a major staple and major player in the early days of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system and its lack of integration. And fun fact, Charlotte-Mecklenburg is the school system that I attended from fifth grade all the way up through high school graduation. The school was established as an all-white learning institution. The founders didn't imagine brown faces walking the halls alongside white faces. In fact, they were probably rolling over in their graves at the idea. Up until now, most white people across the country lived in a bubble of their own design. If a white person wanted to go their entire life and never have to see a black person that wasn't their housekeeper or their sharecropper, it was easy to do. Most importantly, their children would learn alongside other white children a selective history and prejudices that had been passed down for generations. But Brown v. Board of Education was about to change all of that. In 1954, the Supreme Court ruled that segregation in public schools on the basis of race was unconstitutional. Schools could not be deemed separate but equal. The problem was that very little was done to ensure the decision would be enforced. You see, school boards and school counties and schools across the nation, especially in southern states, North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, they gave major pushback. Just because the Supreme Court ruled this didn't mean that we'd have to change, right? Charlotte, like many other cities, had not done their part to integrate schools and comply with the Supreme Court's ruling. Black parents in the community made it a point to put Mecklenburg County schools to the test. Would they integrate or would they break the law? In the end, four black students will be allowed to attend varying schools in Charlotte, Gus and Gervad Roberts, Delois Huntley and Dorothy Counts. Dorothy grew up under the thumb of segregation but she knew it wasn't right. Her parents both taught the importance of an education and treating people fairly. They, like many black people at the time, pushed back against the roles and societal expectations thrusted upon them. So that morning, she did her hair and put on the blue plaid dress her grandmother had made her. When she prayed with her family before she left the house, she knew she was doing the right thing even though it was going to be incredibly difficult. But even more than that, she was about to make history. She was about to be part of a larger conversation and a movement that would change everything for generations to come. The school was but a short distance from her home. Her father and a family friend of theirs, Edwin Tompkins, drove Dorothy to school. The drive was suddenly interrupted. Police had blocked off the street. A large crowd of upwards of 300 white people had assembled. All of these people, children, parents, and community members, came together and not as a welcome committee for the new black student, but to bully her and intimidate her into turning around and never coming back. She would have to walk the remaining two blocks through this sea of hatred in order to get to the school's entrance. You can see pictures of Dorothy's long trek from her father's car all the way up to the steps of Harding High School and into some of her first classes that day and the first couple of days that she was actually a student at this school. The pictures are infamous. You can see them on Google. And, and to be honest, fair warning, they may and probably will infuriate you. Mr. Tompkins agreed to walk her the rest of the way while her father looked for a parking spot. Before she left the car, he imparted these words of wisdom to his baby girl. You can be anything you want to be. Hold your head high. You are inferior to no one. She stepped out the car and from that moment on, just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Her only goal was to get to the door one step at a time. It was loud. I'm certain she could smell the leftover milk on the breath of those who shouted obscenities in her face. Each step and deeper into the crowd, she became more surrounded. Fellow students and grown adults bumped and shoved her. She just kept breathing and just kept walking. They spat on her clothes. That beautiful dress her grandmother made in love for her was soiled by their racism. They called her nigger and threw rocks at her. But with faith, grace, and stoicism, she continued to make her way through the crowd she kept her head held high, standing tall both figuratively and literally. She was 5'10 and made sure everyone around her looked small in stature and smaller in character. The crowd continued to tighten around her. So many disgruntled faces, so many people pointed and laughed, and too many more stood by and did nothing. Not a single teacher or administrator helped her on this walk and when she finally reached the front door and took that final step through the threshold no one was there to greet or comfort her the rest of the day people treated her with one of two reactions either they completely ignored her as if she ceased to exist altogether or they made it their business to make her as uncomfortable as humanly possible when she returned home she informed her parents that in spite of all of this she wanted to continue going to harry harding high school She hoped that her classmates would eventually warm up to her. Perhaps after a while, they would grow to learn how kind and smart and funny she was. When she returned to school that Monday, the crowd had fizzled out, but a look of disbelief washed over the faces of those who saw her back in the school building that morning. They thought that victory was theirs, but they were wrong. They spent the rest of the day picking up where they left off with the harassment and turning it up a notch, throwing erasers at her, taunting her. Some of the students even spit in her lunch as a form of retaliation. She spent the remainder of that lunch sitting alone. It was decided that her father would begin to pick her up during lunch so at least she could have something to eat in peace. There was one other new student who she met and for a brief moment she thought she made a friend. But that friend quickly assimilated and turned her back on Dorothy as well. Everything reached a boiling point on the fourth day. Her brother came to pick her up from school during lunch. When they returned to the car, they discovered someone had busted out the back window of their car. This wasn't just an act of violence against Dorothy, but an act of violence against her family. And this could not be stood for. The Count's family tried to follow the proper protocols, but the police and the superintendent said that there wasn't anything they could do to guarantee Dorothy or her family's safety. After this, it was decided that she could no longer attend Harry Harding High School. She would continue her schooling with her aunt and uncle in Pennsylvania. This way, she would have an opportunity to attend an integrated school without the threat to her safety. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. But when she had the opportunity, she came back to North Carolina and graduated from the same HBCU that my aunts and my grandmother graduated from, Johnson C. Smith University. She would go on to get married and have children of her own and now resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, Dorothy Counts, the brave black girl who marched her way through a crowd of vitriol, racism and violence in 1957 celebrated her 81st birthday this past March, 2023. And she now goes by Dorothy Count Scoggins. She says that what happened on that day really sent me on a path. And on that path, she is trailblazed. She's worked closely with organizations such as Child Care Resources Incorporated, told her story whenever possible at many speaking engagements, and touched the lives of countless children. In fact, the very school she attended, now known as Irwin Academic Center, named their library after her. And guess what? Harry Hardin High School named their library after Dorothy in 2010. And what became of the hundreds of people who tried to crush the spirit of a 15-year-old girl in 1957? Many of them went on to be parents and grandparents, just like Dorothy herself. I wonder how often they think about that fateful day. I wonder if they felt remorse or if Dorothy was the last black person they ever harassed. I would like to hope so, but it seems very unlikely. Only one person ever came forward and apologized to Dorothy after all those years, and it took him almost 60 years to do so. A man by the name of Woody Cooper reached out to the Charlotte Observer in 2006 with an email asking them to pass along his apology to Dorothy. She let him know that she forgave him a long time ago but she saw his apology as an opportunity to set an example of forgiveness and acceptance for their children and their grandchildren. Their first meal together was at a restaurant that she would not have been able to dine in in 1957. An intentional suggestion by Dorothy. The two would go on speaking engagements together, and Dorothy was even there during his very last moments on Earth. Woody would pass away from cancer a few years later after apologizing to Dorothy. As for school integration, things gradually became more integrated, sort of. According to data presented by the U.S. Government Accountability Office, as of 2021, one in three students attended schools where 75% or more students were of a single race or ethnicity. And this isn't just in the South. These numbers come from across the nation. The schools that are majority black and brown also lack and are losing resources compared to their white counterparts. And this is due to a myriad of things systemic racism, redlining, the school-to-prison pipeline, gerrymandering, but we'll save all that for another day. Dorothy's story is the perfect example of why we must learn our history. Woody Cooper had changed for the better, but what about everybody else? All those people who are probably parents and grandparents that may probably still be walking the very streets of Charlotte, North Carolina today. How do we recognize the wrongdoings of the past and prepare for a better future if we don't share these stories? Dorothy herself is a huge advocate for tolerance and equity within our school systems, and still is. But she is worried that we may be going backwards. Until next time, and thank you, Dorothy Counts. This episode was written and researched by Jordan Howard, edited and narrated by Andre White. If you like the Redacted History Podcast, leave a rating and review, but more importantly, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast across platforms, whatever platform you listen to us on. Subscriptions go the longest way. If you like the podcast and you really, really rock with the podcast and want to continue to see us do cool and dope things, go over and subscribe to the Patreon. You can find the link to the Patreon and exclusive content in the show descriptions below.